Sri Vishnu Sahasranama, name 710, Yadu Shrestha. It's uh, very clear what this name is, and all the commentators agree, uh, at least we can say all the principal commentators. Uh, no, no one will disagree what the principal meaning is. It means who is the best preeminent in the Yadu dynasty. Support for this from Vishnu Purana, given by Sri Parasha Bhatta. I am Sakatyate Pragyai Puranartava Lokibihi Gopalo Yadavangvang Sham Magnam Abhudharishyati. This is the one indicating Krishna who was predicted that he would appear, foretold by the wise, uh, skilled in his understanding of the Puranas. Uh, no, sorry. What I'm saying is that the, the, the wise people who know the meaning of the Puranas, who see through the eyes of the Puranas, foretold that this person, this Gopal, yeah, he's a Gopal. The Yadus are not Gopals, but he's famous as Gopal because he was previously in the village of Vrindavan as a Gopal. But now he's Gopalo Yadavamvangsham. He's now he's in the Yadu dynasty or the Yadavas, also known as the Yadavas. And he will exalt, he will lift up the Yadava race, which has become depressed. Different commentators say why the Yadavas were depressed. Uh, V.V. Ramanujan gives the obvious reason you could say that because of the persecution of Kangsa and Arangaracharya refers to Yayati's displeasure which uh, was specifically on his sons and had descended down through the generations and manifest it's implied that this was manifested with the situation they had with Kangsa. But the Yadavas, the Yadus, they're all great devotees. Mm. Krishna appeared, Kunti Rani says, that say, Kechit Ahura Ajang. I'm just not remembering. I should have, should have did it in my notes. Um, Yadu Vrishnishu. Uh, so he appeared to uplift the Yadus and the Vrishnis. Some people say that's one of the reasons for Krishna's appearance, according to Kunti Devi, as quoted in the Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, so they're all great devotees. Baladev Vidyabhushan uh, gives the meaning he's known as the king of the Yadus. Officially, maybe not. He's known as Dwaraka Dish, and Dwaraka is the place of the Yadus, the, the kingdom of the Yadus. He's known as, so in that way, he's known as the king of Dwaraka. But officially, although after he killed Kangsa, Ugrasena and pretty much everyone else was very keen that Krishna take the kingship, which had been vacated by Kangsa being killed, although 
Kangsa had usurped his own father, Ugrasena. So uh, Krishna said, no, I'm not going to be the king. You're the king to Ugrasena. This is proper. I didn't kill Kangsa to to do an Aurangzeb job on you. Uh, Aurangzeb killed his elder brother and and uh, took over the kingdom from his father, Shah Jahan. I learned this from Prabhupada, so bona fide. It's well-known history. So uh, Krishna was known as the king of the... Practically, he was the king of the Yadus, although not officially th enthroned. The, among the 108 names of Lord Krishna given in the Brahmanda Purana, as quoted by Baladevi Dhyabhusha, and other names, Yadavendra, which again means the king of the Yadus. So that's uh, that's uh, how Baladevidya Bhushan, he takes that uh, meaning. And Yadu Dvaha, best of the Yadus. Uh, some commentary here. The Yadavas, the descendants of Yadu, the Kshatriya clan, they are famous up to the present day because of their association with Lord Krishna. When one is great, everything associated with that person becomes great. Just like, for instance, at the present time, in India, the Prime Minister, Narendra Modi, is obviously, in terms of the present times and circumstances, he's a very great person within India. So his mother, when he was first uh, attained the position of prime minister, he went to take blessings from his mother. And his mother was featured in all the newspapers and TV channels on television. Um, she became prominent. She's an ordinary village woman, but she became well-known because of her association with her son, who had attained such a major post. So that's just an example. The Yadus became famous, actually. They're all great devotees, and in that sense, they're great uh, as devotees, they're also, they're, in their whole history, you'll find so many great devotees. They're great kings also, but they're, especially they remember, there's so many here in India and all over the world, there have been so many dynasties of kings, powerful, they've come and they've gone, but the Yadus are remembered because of their association with Krishna and everything in, in connection with Krishna. Why? is why why the holy abodes of Mathura, Dwaraka, Vrindavan, Puri, Badrinath, why are, why are they visited up to the present day by millions of pilgrims because of their association with Krishna? Otherwise, if you go to Vrindavan, it's another town, you could say. It's another town, and there's a, the, the surrounding area, it looks like the same surrounding area of, you can go for 
hundreds of kilometers, and it all looks pretty much the same, the whole of the North Indian area. Uh, if, if you go east, it, it looks pretty much the same all the way up to Bengal, and it, then it changes. If you go north and, and up until you reach the hills, if you go south, well, as you go south, it, there are more stones, the Vindyas. Otherwise, there's a huge mass of land, and it all looks pretty much the same. It's fertile uh, soil. So what's, what's special about Vrindavan? Krishna, of course. So as all these places are revered, uh, Peacock is a very beautiful bird and is more glorified because of the association with Krishna. Uh, butter is very favorite food, but especially it's remembered because Krishna likes butter. So in this way, anything connected with Krishna becomes especially glorified. It may intrinsically have its own qualities, but it becomes all the more uh, glorious because of the connection with Krishna, especially glorious because of the connection with Krishna. So what's Krishna to the Yadavas? He's everything that the Yadavas, the, the, in many ways they may have, I'm talking about the Yadavas in association with Krishna living in Dwaraka. In many ways they may appear like ordinary persons. For that matter, even Krishna himself appeared in many ways like an ordinary person. As Narad Muni, when he came to visit Krishna in Dwarka, he was astonished in visiting 16,108 palaces, and Krishna was doing very many, apparently very ordinary things in all these places. And no doubt in the palaces of the other members of the Yadu dynasty in Dwarka, they're all doing very ordinary things. But actually they weren't ordinary because their heart was Krishna, they love Krishna. Krishna was the center of everything. Uh, and Krishna is the greatest of them all, therefore, and they all accept that very cheerfully and happily. Therefore, Krishna is known as the Adu Shrestha. He's, he's the guiding light of them. He's the life of their lives. He protected them, just like in his childhood, he protected cows, so he protected the Yadavas. Uh, and yeah, it's cool in some ways more difficult, it's spectacular, the big battles and Krishna is fighting, killing so many people uh, to protect the Yadavas. He is the jewel in the crown of the Yadava dynasty. Now, who are these Yadavas? These great, it's so many great personalities, millions, billions were living there with Krishna in Dwaraka. There is in Srimad Bhagavatam, in the ninth canto, a list of names of uh, members of the Yadu dynasty. I'm going to read some of them from the uh, introduction to the, which chapter? 20th chapter, and then after the 21st chapter summary of the Bhagavatam. And it's, it's a list of names, and many of them, there's nothing said about them in the Bhagavatam except their name is given. So we may think, well, that's not very interesting. Whether, whether there are stories or some philosophy, that's very interesting, but just a list of names is not very interesting. It may appear like that to us, but just consider, Shukdev Goswami spoke this list of names. 
Pariksit Maharaj heard with rapt attention. We don't hear anything like Pariksit saying, hey, this is boring. Uh, he, he listened. He didn't fall asleep, although he hadn't slept for so many days. And all the rishis with him, they also, they were very keen to hear that. Now, we do find in the first canto of Bhagavatam that the rishis at Naimesharanya, headed by Shonaka, they said to Sutta Goswami, they interrupted him and said, hey, first canto, second canto, um, that, could you, uh, all right, the topics you're speaking, they're okay, but could you have something a little more directly Krishna conscious? And then uh, speak about Pariksit, and then he, they asked, you can speak more about Pariksit, Yadi Krishna Kata Ashrayam. If it's related with Krishna, they didn't want to hear so much about. Although Parikshit, of course, is a pure devotee, but they didn't want to hear about him in a secular way. They didn't want to hear about him so much about how he was could be perceived from the mundane historical point of view. They wanted to hear about him in relation to Krishna. So there are instances in the Bhagavatam of the hearers saying, uh, "I think you're getting a little off topic." We really want to hear about Krishna, but of course I'm, I'm putting it in a bit of a tongue-in-cheek here. But the point I'm making here is that I'm going to read a list of names now, and you might think, "Oh, well, okay, it's time for me to uh, I, I, I'll do something else. I won't listen so carefully now." But please listen, because uh, Parikshit Maharaj heard it with rapt attention. And the rishis who were accompanying him heard with rapt attention. They thought it was important. Even if we don't know anything about them except their names, they are great devotees, and by hearing their names, we become purified. So here we go. Uh, I'm reading from the 20th chapter of the ninth canto of Bhagavatam, summary, which comes at the beginning of the chapter. This chapter describes the history of Puru and his descendant Dushmanta. I'll just interject here. Dushmanta is also uh, very well known as Dushyanta. It's another alternate reading of his name, which comes in other parts of the Shastra. The son of Puru was Janamejaya. Now, one thing we're going to find in this list of names, there are some famous names. Janamejaya is famous as the son of Parikshit, who he, he comes up in the 12th canto of Bhagavatam with his snake, Yagya for, Yagya for killing all the snakes in the universe. And specifically, uh, the Mahabharat is recorded as being spoken to him by Vaishampayana. But there's not, here what's mentioned the son of Puru was Janamejaya. It, it's not the same. And there are going to be quite a few names here, which uh, they're, they're well-known names, but connected with another person. And that's, even though uh, in Vedic culture and in India up to the present day, there are a huge number of names that can be and are given to children. And there are some very common names like... Uh, even they say in Hindi, what is that? Uh, Suresh, Ramesh. What's the other one? Suresh, Ramesh, Naresh. There are so many. 
they're common names. And then we get Gita for girls and names, like very common names. But there are many, many names. It's practically unlimited because you can choose from the Puranas, so many names, and um, names of rivers, names of, and you can, so many names. Whereas it's much more limited in English culture. Um, but still, many of the names, they come up more than once. And so, just as an instance there, I said Janamejaya. Anyway, that's on the side. This is uh, Janamejaya in the uh, yard of a dynasty as a son of Puru. Janamejaya's son was Prachinvan. The sons and grandsons in the line of Prachinvan, one after another, were Pravira, Manushu, Manushu, Charupada, Sudhu, Bahugava, Sangyati, Ahangyati, and Rodrashva. And none of these names just said are common names nowadays in India. Pravir, maybe. Not very common. The others, I've never heard anyone with that name. Rodrashva had ten sons. Riteyu, Kakshayu, Standileyu, Kritayuka, Jaleyu, Sanateyu, Dharmeyu, Sadyeyu, Vrateyu, Vrateyu, and Vaneyu. The son of Riteyu was Rantinava. Heard that name before? Ah, Rantideva is famous because his story is told here in Bhagavatam and Mahabharata and so many other Shastras. But this is Rantinava not Ranti Deva, who had three sons, Sumati, Dhruva, there's a well-known name, Dhruva, up to the present day, that's a fairly common name for Indian boys, and Apratirata. The son of Apratirata was Kanva, and Kanva's son was Medhatiti. The sons of Medhatiti, headed by Praskana, were all Brahmanas. This is a, this is a Kshatriya dynasty, but some Brahmanas came out also. The son of Rantinava named Sumati had a son named Rabi, and his son was Dushmanta. So again, the name Dushmanta comes. Oh, this. Uh, yeah, this is the history of the dynasty of Puru and his descendant Dushmanta, but Dushmanta came quite a few generations later. Then the famous uh, son of Dushmanta was Bharat. It's a whole big story. becomes a huge story. The uh, Abhinav Shakuntala, the Kalidas, describes it in one of his plays. The son of Dushmanta was, Dushmanta was Bharat, who accepted Bharat Vaj as his son, which brings us to the 21st Chapter summary, the dynasty born from Maharaj Bharat, the son of Maharaj Dushmanta. And it also describes the glories of Ranti Dev, Ajamuda, and others. So Ranti Dev does come in this dynasty also. The son of Bharat Vajra's Manu, and Manu's sons were Brihat Kshatra, Jaya, Mahavirya. Jaya is a very common name up to the present day for boys in India. Jaya, Mahavirya, Nara, and Garga. Of these five Nara had a son named Sankriti, who had two sons named Guru and Ranti Dev. And there's a whole description of Ranti Dev as an exalted. So it means even among the Yadavas, 
Uh, they're all great devotees for generations and generations, even prior to Krishna appearing in that dynasty. But among them, some are outstanding, and one of them is Rantidev, who is briefly described here in Srimad Bhagavatam. So I'll describe here. Rantidev was so exalted that he would sometimes give away his own food in charity, and he and his family would fast. Once after Rantidev spent 48 days fasting, We have a problem if we have to fast half a day. <laughs> 48 days fasting, not even drinking water. Well, according to modern science, if you don't take water for four days, you're dead. But they don't know about yoga, do they? Not even drinking water. Then after 48 days, excellent food made with ghee was brought to him. But when he was about to eat it, a Brahmana guest appeared. Ranjidev therefore did not eat the food, but instead immediately offered a portion of it to the Brahmana. When the Brahmana left and Ranjidev was just about to eat the remnants of the food, he's been fasting for 48 days, he's about to eat, the Brahmana came, he gave him some of the food, there's still more left, so he's about to take it, and a Shudra appeared. And the Shudra also begged for some food. Now you may say, a Brahmana comes, you should give him some food. A Shudra comes, but it, to Randi Dave didn't make any difference. Randi Dave divided the remnants between the Shudra and himself. He was just about to eat the remnants of the food when a, another guest appeared. It says, actually, it's a Chandala as described. And he gave the rest of the food to the... No, that's for the water. Another guest appeared. Rantidev gave the rest of the food to the new guest and was about to content himself with drinking just the water that was left. But then a thirsty guest came This was, uh, and Rantidev gave him the water. This was all arranged by the Supreme Personality of Godhead just to glorify his devotee, to show what a great personality he is and show how tolerant a devotee is in rendering service to the Lord. The Supreme Personality of Godhead being extremely pleased with Rantideva, entrusted him with very confidential service. The special power to render the most confidential service is entrusted by the Supreme Personality of Godhead to a pure devotee, not to ordinary devotees. Srila Prabhupada adds that commentary in the chapter summary. Garga, the son of Bharadvaja, had a son named Shini, and Shini's son was Gargya. Although Gargya was a Kshatriya by birth, his sons became Brahmanas. The son of Mahavirya was Duritakshaya, whose sons were of a Kshatriya king. They also achieved the positions of Brahmanas. Hmm. The son of Brihatakshatra constructed the city of Hastinapur and was known as Hasti. Hastinapur constructed the city known as Hastinapur, Delhi. His sons were Ajamirda, Dvimirda, and Purumirda. From Ajamirda came Priyameda and other Brahmanas and also a son named Brihadishu. The sons, grandsons, and further descendants of Brihadishu were Brihadhanu, Brihadkaya, Jayadrata. Again, this won't be the Jayadrata of the Mahabharat, who's... who's uh, a rascal. Vishada and Sienajit. From Sienajit came four sons, Ruchirashva, Drurahanu, Kasha, and Vatsa. From Ruchirashva came a son named Para, whose sons were Prithusena and Nipa. And from Nipa 
came one hundred sons. Another son of Nipa was Brahmadatta. From Brahmadatta came Vishvaksena. From Vishvaksena, Udaksena. And from Udaksena, Bhalata. The son of Dvimirdha was Yavinara. And from Yavinara came many sons and grandsons, such as Kritiman, Satyriti, Rurhanemi, Suparshva, Sumati, Sanatiman, Kriti, Nipa, Udgra, Yudha, Kshemya, Suvira, Ripunjaya, and Bahurata. Purumirdha had, had no sons, but Ajamirdha, in addition to his other, in addition to his other sons, had a son named Nila, whose son was Shanti. The descendants of Shanti were Sushanti, Puruja, Arka, and Bharmyashva. Bharmyashva had five sons, one of whom Mudgala begot a dynasty of Brahmanas. Mudgala had twin sons, a son Devodasa, and a daughter Ahalya. Both of uh, Devodas and Ahalya, famous figures, especially Ahalya, who, from her husband Gautama, Shatananda was born. The son of Shatananda was Satyadriti, uh, and now we're going into another dynasty, because Ahalya marries, uh, yeah, out of her own family. Uh, the son of Shatananda was Shat of her birth family. Satyadriti and his son was Sharadvan. Sharadvan's son was known as Kripa, and Sharadvan's daughter, known as Kripi, became the wife of Dronacharya. Satyadeva Vashishta. I said that everyone gives this, all the, all the commenting Acharyas give the same meaning for Yadu Shreshta, that is pretty much, but Satyadeva Vashishta always find some meaning which no one else gave. Uh, he gives the meaning he was the best Shreshta among those who strive. So that's another meaning for Yadu Shreshta. He is the best among those who strive. Now Bhagavan doesn't have to, doesn't have to strive to do anything. Uh, <clears throat> because Parasha Shakti Vividhaiva Shuryateswa Bhavaki Jnana Bala Kriyacha The Lord has various potencies which work the, the all the required activity knowledge uh, everything within the universe goes on by his energies natasya karyam karanam chavidyate natachamas chabyasikastradishyate he doesn't have to do anything but still he appears to strive and he's the best of those who do so he says in Gita also, Namam Karmani Limpanti. I don't have anything to do. Name Karma Pale Spriha. I don't want anything from work, but still I work. Just to set an example for others. And he likes he likes to do something. We all like to do something. Who wants to lie around all the time? So, uh, Satya, Satyadeva Vashishta gives the example of the Supreme Lord in the form of the Son nourishing and maintaining all living beings. There could be so many examples given. And Satyadeva Vashishta gave this example. He also gave the example of his 
Bhagavan, Yadu Shrestha being the soul of all the souls in our heart and constantly driving the function of the heart to sustain our life. So he's there. Well, what's, what's the source of life? It's in the heart. Why, why, does, why does everything run on? Why, why, why? Because Bhagavan is in the heart. He's, he's making an effort. And not that he makes an effort, but he's doing something. He's, uh, the idea is that he is making an effort. That's the meaning given here. He's a chintya. He doesn't have to do anything. <coughs> in one sense, he doesn't do anything, but in another sense, he does everything. Uh, another example of his striving, there's uh, so many examples, is that he tried to bring a reconciliation between the Pandavas and the Kauravas before the battle, uh, but it, was, it didn't come about, and therefore there had to be a fight. But he tried. He tried to bring those together. Um, he's constantly striving to bring the fallen jivas to their proper consciousness, and therefore he arranges for them to enjoy and suffer in various species of life. And the human form of life, as Srila Prabhupada uses the word in one of his Gita purports in chapter 4, human life is the loophole. In every life we are rotating around and round and round in this cycle of birth and death. And human life is the loophole to get out of this cycle of birth and death. It's, it's the possi possibility to get out of the cycle of birth and death. And for that purpose, Krishna personally comes, he gives the Vedas, he sends great teachers and devotees to instruct us. Uh, so in this way, Krishna is striving uh, he's the best of the strivers in as much as what he strives to do is the best thing for everyone and what he does, he does perfectly. Mm. So in, in these ways he's the best. Uh, now here's an, a meaning. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, this is from the Madhva Sampradaya commentary on another meaning of Yadu Shrestha. I'm just going to read it out and I'm not going to comment anything more. It could be controversial. Okay, I'll read it out. Vishnu is called Yadu Shrestha because he is far superior and supreme to Goddess Mahalakshmi, who is donated by the Shabda, the word, Yaduhu. And with that, I'll finish this talk on Yadu Shrestha, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This is one of those names that particularly pertain to Krishna, not to other forms of Narayana, Vishnu, Sri Krishna, Yadu Shrestha. Ki jai! Mancha kalpa tarubhya shakripa sindhubhya evachapadita nam pavane bhyo vaishnavay bhyo namo namaha.